1: Welcome in to the Blitz podcast. The time is upon us. Super Bowl 57 is coming to us on Sunday. It'll be a good time. Uh, I'm not even going to say my usual spiel, maybe a version of it, because it seems like the last like three times I've hopped on here, or we've hopped on here, I say, you know, it's been a little hiatus. You know, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Like, we're all going through shit right now. Tyler just got engaged. Uh, Jaden's school's really picking up. He's going to start making a few less podcast appearances, it seems like. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I've been busy out the ass as well. Um, but, yeah, as the off season rolls upon us, and I announced to the boys the other day because I didn't really know, I'm graduating December, so shit is going to start getting a lot easier for me as I roll down. Um but yeah, off season's coming up, but first we gotta get through the fucking Super Bowl, biggest game of the year. How hype are we on a scale from one to ten, my man?
0: I mean it's first of all, congratulations on possibly graduating. Thanks, congratulations 10, on, graduating on getting in, fucking in like engaged. <laughs> <laughs> I know, dude. Lots lots happened uh, over the last couple months. Um yeah, I mean playoffs have you know the playoffs have been good. I don't think they've been as good in years past. Like the the Bengals game was obviously a crazy game. The Chargers Jags was a crazy game. Um, The Vikings game, you know, came down to the final possession as well. The Bills game, I guess, against the Dolphins was close. But other than that, man, it's it hasn't really been all that close. You know, I mean, I. The, the, the Eagles won both their games convincingly. The Chiefs were in control against the Jags the whole time. The Bengals beat the Bills pretty bad. Ravens game, I, you know, I know we've got a lot of Ravens listeners. And that, real quick, that's what I find to be so crazy, because if the Ravens had won that game, they would have went to Kansas City. Maybe Lamar Jackson comes back. Who knows how all this unfolds if, you know, the Ravens don't try and extend that ball at the two-yard line and, and Sam Hubbard returns at 99 yards. Um, obviously, that's how the playoffs go. But, yeah, it's just been a weird offseason, which, in my opinion, I think sets up for a really good Super Bowl. I think we're going to have an absolute classic in this Super Bowl. Um, You know, both number one seeds. You correctly predicted this Super Bowl, so I will give you your kudos there um, for that. Then you see it with the line. You know, the line's listed at Philly as a a one-and-a-half point favorite, virtually a coin toss. Um, I know I think it opened at two-and-a-half within eight minutes. It went from two-and-a-half Chiefs. To two and a half eagles and then it's kind of went back toward the middle um i'm hyped man i'm really hyped for this game i think this is going to be you know we're going to hop into some of the storylines but you know you look at the Chiefs side can they start to build this keep this dynasty going are the eagles going to be that new team you know this is one of the best built teams in the entire league maybe the best built team top to bottom in the entire league Um, my fiance is obviously huge chiefs fan being from Kansas city. So I hear about it all the time, but I'm absolutely going to be pulling for the chiefs. Anybody that listens to our pod knows I'm an Eagles hater. I'm not stopping now. I can't stand Philly. I can't stand their fans and I'm not wavering away from that. My heart's telling me one thing. Mine's telling me another. So that might be a a little bit of preview of where I'm thinking with this game, but yeah, man, it's crazy. 57 seems like a lot of freaking super bowls. It's, it's crazy that we're – it feels like just yesterday it was Super Bowl 50 with the Broncos and Seahawks, and, and now we, here we are, 57. But, uh, but, yeah, amped, hyped, everything under the sun. And this is it, man. We've got four more quarters left in the season, one game of football left to decide it all. And uh, it's going to be a, a hell of a game down in the big toaster. Yeah, for sure. We're all hype
1: to watch uh, as it comes up. And, uh, you know, blame me if you want to. I did have to look up what number Super Bowl it was because, you're right, there have been so fucking many. And, I'm, I I'm you know, I'm going to graduate in December and still can't figure
0: out what a Roman numeral stands for, you know, no big deal. <laughs> I mean, the only time you use Roman numerals is with the Super Bowl, I feel. That's the only time that really comes into play. And look, man, when you get to be my age, which is uh, six months, five months from 30, they all just blend together. And it's like, you know, Super Bowl 51 and Super Bowl 55. I can't really tell you the difference. And it's just how it gets. But uh, I, I did actually just recently watch the 30 for 30 Bullies of Baltimore Ooh. on the 2000 Ravens. Really good 30 for 30. Definitely would advise watching that. But, you know, that was 23 years ago, which is crazy to think about. Uh, and I remember that like it was nothing. And that was Super Bowl 34. So, um, yeah, it's just. It's crazy how time flies, especially when you get older, man. They just all meld together. Yeah, for sure. Dude, I have to watch that, that Bullies Baltimore. I just saw that they came out. It feels
1: like there was no advertising for it whatsoever. But,
0: yeah. Great, great tribute. Great tribute for Tony Saragusa. Um, You know, he passed away, and uh, they they had a really nice tribute for him. And uh, it was definitely centered a little bit around him. But, man, that defense was just incredible, which, you know, we're looking at these two teams. I know that Philly, you know, where they get 70 sacks, I think this year led the league in sacks, but these are two high powered offenses and and I'm hoping we see some points in this game.
1: Hell yeah, man. All right. Well, without further ado, let's uh, break it down a little deeper analysis for you. Um, And to start, we'll do a little tail of the tape uh, with the history of the matchups. And you got two head coaches here on two very opposite sides of the spectrum. Andy Reid, it's been in the game a long time. He's been a successful head coach for a long time, especially in Kansas City. Obviously in Philadelphia in his prime years, um, but he moves on to KC, and now this is a revenge game. Like I didn't, there are so many storylines in this game, dude. Like I even forgot about that until just now. Like that he used to coach the Eagles, like yep. primarily and it's just insane how many storylines
0: oh they ran him out of town typical philly fashion you know they did it to him they did it to dougie p it's like you know you, you get to the super bowl or you, you win us the super bowl you're gone so sirianni better be uh, watching his back at all times now after this super bowl over the next couple of years i know dude but you
1: can't really have a hotter start than nick sirianni has in his first two years of head coach um for philadelphia he has a 23 and 11 regular season record uh the season prior to him coming in eagles were 4 and 11 with doug peterson but yeah they ran him out of town after he had a successful track record previously uh but nick sirianni seems like he's working out that whole mentality of we've got the seeds growing underneath the soil or whatever the fuck he was trying to say when he first got in it seems like that's finally coming to fruition and he made it to a fucking Super Bowl. So that's awesome. Uh, but like I said, these are two guys totally opposite ends of the spectrum. Andy Reid, very successful coach. He's been to the Super Bowl three times, but has only come out on top once. Um, which, I mean, I guess I just needed a reminder of that. Which, I, I thought that was kind of crazy.
0: Um, but, yeah. Yeah, but the, the, the championship games that he's been to is ridiculous. You know, I think he went to four straight with Philly. This was his hosted fifth straight game for Kansas City, fifth straight AFC championship game they've hosted. So yeah, he's been to like nine or ten huh. championship games, I guess you can say. Where would you put Andy Reid as far as like best coaches of all time? You know, this and and this is gonna be a theme for me with the Chiefs at least is legacy because this is kind of what this game is, not only for him, but also for Mahomes, also for Kelsey. Um it be, if, if he wins this game, I think he goes down. You know, right? Up. He's not going to be up there with Belichick and and Walsh and um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Dallas's coach. It's I'm blanking on Dallas's coach during the '90s, and I'm blanking on Jimmy um, Johnson. Uh, no, not it. It was before Jimmy Johnson. Oh, I can't think of it. Jimmy Johnson was there, and then there was somebody else before. But anyways, um, and then Steelers coach as well. That blanking on his name as well. Obviously, haven't been in the uh, coward, total, total football coward, mindset, but yeah, I yeah. think he's in there. You know, top five, top five coach all time. I think he's definitely up there. Um, I don't think he, like I said, scratches that surface with Walsh and, and Belichick, but he's right there with everybody else.
1: Yeah, for sure. And he's got probably what, like 10 years of coaching left in him, maybe? Something like that? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, he looks, he, he looks as good
1: as he he could look, right? <laughs> he looks, he <laughs> looks the same that he has over the past fucking 15
0: years. Like, he's the same guy coming covered in every single year. Seems like. Chuck Noll is who I was thinking uh, of that, that won all the Super Bowls with Brad Shaw and all. Um, but, but yeah, no, nonetheless, I think that if he wins this, he's top five. If he loses, I think he's still top 10, but I don't think he cracks that top five yet. Yeah,
1: I would probably put him in the top five, definitely, if he wins this game. I mean, that puts him at four Super Bowl appearances, two wins. Like, that's phenomenal. But uh, not to mention, as I already said, uh, the history between Andy Reid and the Eagles. There is also some history between Nick Sirianni and the Chiefs, because he worked there for several years before Andy Reid was brought in in 2012, and he fired Nick Sirianni upon arriving. And Nick Sirianni all this week and all these past couple weeks, he's been talking very highly of Andy Reid, like how much he inspired him to become this great coach, yada, yada, yada. But I gotta think that they're just knowing the guy that Nick Sirianni is like there's got to be the biggest shoulder or biggest chip on his shoulder
0: of all time going into this game. So not that he I mean you you have to you have to find ways to motivate mm-hmm. you. Any any little tidbit that you can find to motivate you, you're gonna use um, especially at this level in this game. Uh so you know, if you can play that card, absolutely, why not play it? But if you you know, Andy Reid's like, hey, this is a team that basically fired me too. So I can play that card as well.
1: Yeah. That's
0: what I'm saying. There's so
1: many storylines in this game. Uh we probably won't talk about it too much, but the Kelsey Bowl,
0: obviously that's a big thing. Oh yeah. Everybody's been talking about that, you know, First Brothers matching up in the Super Bowl. And obviously the year that their podcast comes out, New Heights podcast, haven't listened to it. Definitely give it a listen. It's, it's awesome. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that that's, you know, the, the heightened storyline is, is the Kelsey brothers because they're, they're both very boisterous and, and they're, they're both the heart and souls of their team, I feel. So, and, and that's why and they're so good at what they do. I think both end up being Hall of Famers when it's all said and done. And that's the other reason why this is such a, a marquee matchup as well. I wouldn't be surprised if both retire,
1: no matter the outcome of the game. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. They play a super, in a Super Bowl together as brothers against each other. I don't think there's any other way to write up a better storybook ending. So I see it both. Is
0: that, is that what the script says?
1: Is that, is that what I that's going to be? Maybe we got some NFL Network people listening in, raising some eyebrows.
0: <laughs> um, or oh, Rich Eisen's like, ooh, I think we might have something here.
1: <laughs> They're on to something, man, over at that Blitz podcast. Um, but yeah, so, all right, let's dive away from the coaches for a little bit, and I'm going to do some rambling on some of the regular season ranks from these two teams. Uh, so this is on a yards per game basis, by the way. Um, but on the offensive side, on the passing offensive side, obviously Kansas City with the most likely to be named MVP tonight, Patrick Holmes leading the helm. They finished first in passing offense. Philly finished ninth in rushing offense. KC finished 20th as they struggled to find really the guy that was going to take over. Pacheco really looked like it was going to be him for a while, but he didn't really take the reins in that backfield like we expected. Uh, so they're still lagging behind. Um, but Philadelphia finished fifth, obviously a very powerful rushing attack. And these offenses are two electric powerhouses, man. Casey finished first in total offense. Philly finished third. Now on the defensive side, Philly stacks up much better. Uh, as far as passing defense, Casey ranked 18th, which is getting towards the bottom of the barrel. And Philly finished first. So this is the best passing offense going up against the best passing defense. So that should be great to watch. Um, as far as rushing defense goes, Casey actually had a step up. Uh, they finished 8th in the regular season, while Philly finished 17th. Uh, but in total, the defenses both ranked towards the top of the pack. Casey finished 11th, but Philadelphia finished 2nd. So that's kind of the ranks, how we see it going as far as if we're taking some stats from the regular season um, but what are we looking to watch in this game, man? I'll hand it over to you, Tyler.
0: The Eagles' defensive line is arguably the best in football. And, and their offensive line is, is arguably the best. You know, Kelsey and Lane Johnson, Maialata, they're, they're just in the trenches, top to bottom, probably the, best, in, the in the trenches, just alone. They're the best group. Um, the one thing I do look at is the quarterbacks that Philly has faced this year. And we talked about this in the regular season. I know the only person to beat Jalen Hurts this year was Taylor Heineke. Give you a little bit of a shout out there. Um, but outside of that, you know, they faced Dak Prescott. They faced Aaron Rodgers. And they faced Kirk Cousins. I mean, maybe Jared Goff. But Jared Goff put up 35 points on them in week one, if you really want to look at that. Yeah, they placed, They faced Kyler. Um, but outside of that, you know, like the Colts, the Titans. Justin Fields, the Saints, whoever the hell was playing quarterback for them that game. That's where I I see the Chiefs having advantage because they haven't faced a quarterback like this. They didn't face any Joe Burrow or Josh Allen or Justin Herbert or Lamar Jackson or any of those types of quarterbacks. So that's really where I see the Chiefs having a little bit of an advantage is at the quarterback position. The other thing is on the other side of the ball, you know, with the with the Eagles in their quarterback situation, Jalen Hurts has had a year to remember. You know, I mean, if this guy doesn't get hurt, he probably wins MVP, if, if, if we're really being honest. The last time Jalen Hurts was on a stage like this, he got benched for Tua in the national championship oh. game when he was with Alabama, mm-hmm. and then he went to Oklahoma after that. So I wonder how he's going to fare kind of on his first big stage, Sirianni's first big stage. Yes, those Eagles have a lot of players, not a lot, but some of those players returning from that, that team that won it all. You know, like Fletcher Cox and Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson and guys like that. But there's a lot of new pieces with this team where I I feel like the, the Chiefs' nucleus has been there through all of this over the last five years or so. Patrick Mahomes, Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, Frank Clark. Yes, they've added some new pieces as well. Obviously, you have to. But for the most part, those guys have been there. And another guy that's been there, and you hinted about the running back room that's coming back is Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And I'm going to hint right now, that is one of the props I like, is anytime Clyde Edwards-Alaire touchdown at 10 to 1, plus 1,000, you put $10, you win 100. I think that he's going to get a touchdown. I think that it could be really sneaky for Andy Reid to use him. And why not leave it out all out on the field? I could also see, this is going to sound really weird, there's a prop for it. I could see a quarterback catching a touchdown. I could see I don't know if it's going to be a Philly yeah, a Philly, Philly special, special action, but but I, I I could absolutely see a quarterback catching a touchdown in this game. These are two very offensive-minded coach coaches. And you know that you know they're gonna pull out all the tricks that they can in this game. Those are a couple of things that, that I'm watching for, but I would say predominantly, you know, the headline is gonna be Mahomes against this defense that has been so good, that has racked up so many sacks. Can the Chiefs Offensive line hold up and, and can the Chiefs receivers get some separation? You know, Miko Hardman is out in this game. Juju should be back. MBS is there. Tony is limited. So who the hell knows what we're going to get from him? We talk about that week in and week out with him being on the injury report. Um, Justin Watson will be back, but Travis Kelsey is going to have to be the man. You know, I, I think Travis Kelsey, another prop I'd like Kelsey to score two touchdowns is plus 475. Um, I really like that one as well. So, uh, yeah, I think that's the matchup that I'm really going to be watching because you got to imagine that this Chiefs offensive line is going to be able to neutralize the Chiefs pass rush. You know, with Chris Jones, Frank Clark, and Carl uh, Loftus, and guys of that nature. So, it's going to be dependent on these Chiefs corners in this secondary to shut down Devontae Smith. And A.J. Brown, who really, truly, neither one has had that good of a postseason, Mm -hmm. if we're being honest. Uh, You know, it's been more of the run game. So if the Chiefs can shut down the run game, can Jalen Hurts propel this team to victory? Can he throw them to victory? And that's the other question on on that side of the ball. So it's, you know, the best of the best with Patrick Mahomes going up against this Eagles defense. And then it's the more underlying story of Jalen Hurts, first big game since the national championship, second year head coach against the Chiefs defense, which, like you said, hasn't been great. Chiefs playing the AFC. They faced a lot of these really good quarterbacks. They've placed Burrow uh, twice this year. They faced Allen twice this year. They faced Herbert twice this year. They've seen these guys all year long where the Chiefs haven't. So I wonder how that's going to factor into this. Um, I think at the end of the day, you know, it is going to be a pretty high-scoring game, and I think these offenses are, are going to flourish. Uh, but it's, those, those are the two things to really watch out on on both ends of the spectrum.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Hurts will definitely be somebody to watch in this game. Like, can he, if the, the Chiefs end up getting, Kelsey gets those two touchdowns early, they end up down 14-0, to and with the Eagles play style, they, it's a slow and grinded out game with their run game, you know? So if they're down two scores early, Jalen Hurts is going to have to throw them back in the game. And it's really a question right now as if he can do that, because... As exciting as it was to have him come back and secure the number one seed in the last week and lead them to two wins so far to get them to the Super Bowl, Hurts is not 100%, man. Like, that shoulder injury. Well,
0: he, he hasn't had a, a game where he's been, like, game on the line. Like, what are you going to do? You know, he hasn't had those pressure-packed situations, whereas the Chiefs have. Yeah, but, like, the, in the game, especially that Week 18 game, against the giants
1: like this is a conservative passing offense in comparison to what we saw earlier this year and it has been a conservative passing offense so far in the playoffs to your point they haven't had to throw the ball so why not you have one of the best if not the best rush attack in the nfl so rock with that but i mean like i said if they get down two scores i don't know if jalen hurts can come back and win this game with his arm like he made a comment last tuesday Uh, that his shoulder is still very clearly a thing. Like, it is still causing him problems. And I guess I'll kind of wrap this point in a prop, too, my one prop, uh, which is Jalen Hurts under 238 and a half passing yards um, because he is still dealing with that shoulder injury. And since suffering the injury, he has yet to hit over that 238 and a half yards mark. Um, And the most since. His injury was 229 yards in the last week against the Giants, which was a win game, to end the regular season. And he has yet to break 154 yards passing in the playoffs so far. So all these signs point to...
0: So you've got his shoulder on one end, and you've got Mahomes' ankle on the other end. Right, exactly. Who
1: would you say you're more concerned about injury-wise, Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts?
0: Um... (sighs) Injury-wise, I mean, I would probably say Mahomes just because it's more recent. But I trust Mahomes a lot more to deal with an injury than I do with Hurts. And it's not to say that I don't trust Hurts with an injury. It's just I haven't seen enough of him for me to have trust in him with an injury. We saw what Mahomes did on a bummed ankle against the Bengals. Still threw forever, 300 yards. Got that rush and obviously the late hit by Osai. Um, put them in a field goal range, but he propelled his team to a victory when he was hobbled and not at his best. And with all his freaking receivers getting hurt. I mean, they had Miko get hurt that game. Juju got hurt that game. Um, I'm trying to Tony. think of who uh, uh, Watson was out of that game. Tony got hurt that game. Like their whole receiving core was depleted and he still propelled them to victory. Yes. Go ahead. Say there was some questionable calls. Don't disagree with it, but still you got to give the dude credit where credit's due. And he has shown that if he is hampered, that he can propel his team to victory. And that's where it comes down to, you know, like I said, with this being a close game, can Hurts win it with his arm? We don't know. We haven't We haven't seen mm-hmm. it yet. Yeah, so he'll have
1: to prove it. And even despite the injury, he's only broke that over 238 and a half, which is not a spectacular over as far as passing yards. He's only broken that right. over twice since the loss to the commanders in Week 10. That's pretty bad. Wow. So... You know, he had a really hot start to the year as far as passing and his rushing and the team's success carried him through his MVP campaign to kind of end the year until he got injured. But, you know, he hasn't been as spectacular through the air as we're all led to believe. And also, something to watch in this game, I think, is Jalen Hurts on the ground because of all this shoulder stuff we got going on. We've seen Jalen Hurts a little bit more involved in the run game, a little bit more conservative on uh, on the ground. And the Chiefs have allowed the fifth most rushing yards to quarterbacks in the regular season. So that could be something that Sirianni looks to take advantage of. But you got you to gotta think that the Chiefs are ready for that. They know that Hurts has a shoulder injury. And they know they're going
0: to try to run him more. So
1: we'll see how it goes. Yeah, they're going
0: to try, they're gonna, they're gonna try and make Jalen Hurts beat him with his arm. Which is exactly what I... That's the game plan I would draw up if I'm the Chiefs. Yeah, no, for sure. But
1: for that reason... I like Hurts under 238 and a half passing yards. Um, do you have any other props you want to throw out for this game, man?
0: Yeah, I can go over the props that I like right now. Um, Kenny Gainwell over 11 and a half receiving yards. Really like this um, coming out of the backfield. I think there's going to be some dump off opportunities for him, um, and 11 and a half is one screen pass can get you that. Uh, I, I really, really like that. That's probably my most favorite one. Um, I like over 25 completions for Mahomes. Um, I do feel like the Eagles are going to put up points, which is going to mean the Chiefs are going to have to pass to say in this. I know the Eagles, I mean, the, excuse me, the Chiefs want to establish a run because teams that can establish a run have been able to do pretty well against the Eagles. Look at the commanders. Um, so I, I do think that they're going to try to establish a run, but it can only be for so long. I went over Kelsey TDs. Um, I alluded to it. I think this is going to be a nail biter type of game. I think this is going to be a classic. I think it's going to come down to the very end, overtime at plus eleven hundred, eleven to one odds. I like that. I think that this game does have a chance at going into overtime. Uh, and eleven to one odds, ten dollars wins you one hundred and ten. Um, another thing that I like at eleven to one odds, each team to score a touchdown and a field goal in each half. So each team has to have at least ten points in each like half. Um, so. Th- 11 to 1 odds, you know, once again, 10 to one, 110 type of deal. Really crazy odds. Um, yellow Gatorade. I like this. Plus 155 as the Gatorade color. It is the favorite, but it's the favorite for a reason. It's an overwhelming favorite. I think the next is like red or blue at plus 450 or plus 500. Um, both of these teams last time they won the Super Bowl had yellow Gatorade. Uh, I think the Eagles dumped yellow Gatorade at their, during the NFC Championship. I like yellow. Um, I'm I'm riding the yellow, and then finally, if you can find it, over one and a half TikToks for Jackson Mahomes. Yes, we're rolling with it. (laughs) If you can find it, take it because you you know this fool is going to put out as much social media as he can. He's been quiet this year. We haven't really heard much of Jackson Mahomes. This is his opportunity to take center stage, dude. Did you see the videos that his wife put on uh, her Instagram story? Like
1: all those haters that counted out.
0: Like, oh, it's. I can't. That's, and, and that's the thing that aggravates me. Like, I lived in Kansas City, so I got to see the, the one side, you know, with everybody loving Mahomes and always supporting Mahomes. and every, But even they talk so much shit about Brittany and Jackson. And that's the thing that no matter what happens with his entire career, it's always going to be that. And that's the reason why people don't like Mahomes, not because of him, but because of his family. And I think it's so screwed up because this guy is fucking good and we need to recognize it and instead we're just harping on the negative, which is what we do as a society.
1: If he wins MVP, wins the Super Bowl, and gets Super Bowl MVP, I think we could start to forget a little bit about his family ties.
0: (laughs) Speaking of that, that's a very good point you brought up, because if you think the Chiefs are going to win, take Patrick Mahomes to win MVP. He's plus 130. You get better odds than their plus 105 money line, and if the Chiefs win, do you think Mahomes is not? Gonna get MVP like it, unless something crazy goes wrong. Like, he has to win MVP if the Chiefs are gonna win didn't the Super Damian Bowl. Damian Williams, maybe no, Kelsey. Didn't but, Damian but, Williams win the
1: MVP when they beat the 49ers. Ah, uh, and I think the Holmes
0: won. I'll look it up real quick. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all that I have for my props. Like I said, about six or seven that I really like. Don't know if I'll play them all. Um, but those are the ones that, that I'm leaning toward right now. I can definitely see yellow Gatorade for sure because I feel like I it – was, It was Mahomes. Oh, really? He won
1: Super Bowl MVP?
0: Mahomes wow. won it. hmm I could have sw- – because, like, it was a big – I think, like, nine of, the last, nine of the last 12 Super Bowls or something like that, the MVP has gone to the quarterback. The only ones was Julian Edelman in that 13-3 to terrible Super Bowl with the Rams and the Patriots. Cooper Cup won it last year. should have been Aaron Donald. And Malcolm Smith won when the Seahawks Mm -hmm. obliterated the Broncos. All
1: right. Well, we got our props in. So I think it's just about time to make our official picks for Super Bowl 57. What do you say? You want to take the reins first? Uh, Sure, man. Sure. Like, I I agree totally with what you're saying. Like, my head says one thing. My heart says another because Jaden said it in the chat the other day. And honestly, it's the same reason why when the Patriots were down twenty-seven to zero in the Super Bowl, and they started coming back, and I was it 28
0: twenty-eight, three, okay, Twenty eight okay, twenty-eight, twenty-eight, three. Yeah, you're right. Falcons, any Falcons listeners out there, I'm sure can uh, vouch for me on that. Yeah, 28-3 they're screaming the score.
1: score at me right now.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, like twenty-eight to three, and then thirty-four
1: to twenty-eight is what it ended. That's a bad beat, the worst beat of all time in football history.
0: Um, but considering that well, you want to talk about it from a spread perspective, the Falcons were plus three and a half in that game. So if the Patriots win in overtime and kick a field goal, the, if you have Falcons, you cover. But because they scored a touchdown, you lost, which is God. a terrible, terrible beat. Absolutely. Ugh, that's disgusting.
1: Let's not remind our, our small fandom of Falcons yes. fans of that out there. Uh, but what I was saying is when, that, when the Patriots were coming back, my dad was like, oh, fuck this, like, I want to turn it off, like, I want to see greatness, man, like, this is never going to happen again, like, this is, this is, we're watching history unfold in front of our eyes, and I want the dynasty, man, I want the Chiefs to win, like, I want Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, set. it's hard to believe that they only have one Super Bowl under their belt so far,
0: you know? Hosting five straight AFC championships—that's that's why this game is so. Like I said, from a legacy perspective, because if he loses this, they're one and two in Super Bowls, I think, and two and three in the championships. Like, it's not great. Now, if he loses this at this point in his career, I think he—if he were to retire—he'd still probably be in the Hall of Fame. It would be a question, but if he wins this, I think he's no doubt in the Hall of Fame, no matter what happens the rest of his yeah, career. No, I agree for sure. Uh, But with that being said,
1: God, maybe I'm going to flip flop here last minute because all the shit I've been talking about hurts. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. 70% of the money is on the Eagles right now. That doesn't feel right. I think the script is telling us that the Chiefs are going to form the dynasty here officially and they're going to roll to another one, three, four Super Bowls after this. Um, but, yeah, I think another one comes on Sunday night in Super Bowl 57. So I will take the Chiefs on the spread and the money line in this game. what you got?
0: Yeah, I got the same. Um, it, it Obviously, like I said, my mind is telling me the Eagles and my heart's telling me the Chiefs. But sometimes you just got to go with your heart. Sometimes you just got to go with your gut. And this, ever since I went to... Mahomes' charity foundation event, got to meet him and Kelsey and Dada Scantling, Juju. They haven't lost since I went to that event. And that was, the, that was the Tuesday after they lost to the Bengals. And I feel like something just clicked in for them where they're like, we're not losing anymore. This is our Super Bowl mm-hmm. to lose. not ours. To, this is ours to lose. If, we play our, if they play how they're supposed to play, they can win. Just put the game on Patrick Mahomes' back and let him work his magic. That's all you got to do. Don't make any dumb plays on defense. Don't give up dumb pass interference calls for a ball that's 20 yards under thrown. Do what you got to do. Play smart football and the chiefs will win this game. My score prediction chiefs 30 Eagles 27 in overtime. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right.
0: Uh, as- so I like the, over. I like the over in this game, which is 51 and a half. I like the chiefs. And then, yeah, like I said, I'd, I think this. I think it could be an absolute gem of a game. I'm gonna go a
1: little bit of a blowout. A little bit. A little bit. Twenty-seven Ooh. to fourteen, Chiefs. Because I'm really gonna stick with the narrative that Chiefs are gonna go up fourteen-zero early, and the Eagles. It. Everybody's got a plan until you get sm- punched in the mouth, man.
0: Like it, they're not. It, they're, it's gonna shock them. Like the 49ers, 49ers had their plan until Josh Johnson came in at quarterback and Christian McCaffrey. Yep. And who knows? Did you, real quick, did you see they asked Debo like his thoughts and who he thinks he's going to win? And he just didn't respond. He just sat there <laughs> in silence. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, like I don't blame him. I'd be pissed off too. The fact that the script told you that you're going to have Christian McCaffrey in at quarterback for the NFC championship game. Like it's just. Bad way for their season to end the way it did. And I'm not saying that the 49ers would have beat the Eagles, but I, I wanted to see a healthy Purdy, uh, you know, try and see what he could do on that stage. And, you know, Eagles probably end up still winning the game, but it still would have been – I would have liked to have yeah. seen
1: that. I saw Bosa, the interview with Bosa, where it was like, are you looking forward to watching the matchup between two great quarterbacks? Yada, yada. He's like, yeah, it'll be a really entertaining matchup that I won't be watching. <laughs> So why, why would you watch that? Yeah,
0: 49ers fans are taking a tart, which 49ers might win it all next year. I would not be shocked at all. They just confirmed They're going to come out with a vengeance, I think, next year, and they're going to be ready to kick some ass. Because that was, what, two straight NFC Championship games that mm-hmm. they lost? Yeah, they're going to be pissed, and one
1: of them was the Chiefs. So next year, maybe we get a 49ers-Chiefs rematch, Super Bowl. Who knows? Um, but, yeah. I think that does it for our predictions for Super Bowl 57 coming up this Sunday. It'll be a barn burner, and we're all looking forward to it. So put those props in that you got. Uh, we gave out probably like a list of 10 tonight. So maybe you do. Yeah, yeah about 10. So like maybe you go on Prize Picks, do uh, three three-leg parlays. You know, you could do five two-leg parlays, whatever you're feeling, man. Or you could just do one 10-leg parlay and win $10,000 or something. So we there all you go
0: or if you really want to get saucy with it, if you watch golf at all, the waste <laughs> management open, I talked about this in September, the waste management open is in in Scottsdale, the Super Bowl is in Phoenix, and it's all happening this weekend. So if you wanted to take somebody to win that and parlay it with something else in the Super Bowl, you could do that just to have a little bit of fun. Um, the other thing I mentioned it week one uh, to one of our, our, our friends in Kansas City. Are the Chiefs going to start the season where they end – or are they going to end the season where they started it? And the answer is yes. Their first game of the year was against Arizona where they blew out the Cardinals week one. And sure enough, they're back in the big toaster for the big game, and and we'll see if it ends with a victory like it did in week one. Yeah, for sure. Can't wait to uh, watch that. I believe coverage starts around six. So, yeah, get get your kegs
1: ready. Get your –
0: whatever apps get all your apps yes, your buff dude. chick dips your sliders
1: yes, I was just about to say buffalo chick everything here, ready to go it'll be a good time um but yeah so let's move on from the super bowl preview and it's been a minute since we hopped on so let's talk about some of the big off-season moves that we've seen so far and really the majority of it is uh coaching hires uh won't take us too long to run through these but we do have to recap some of the shit that has happened in the past couple weeks because definitely notable for sure
0: so well not all of our listeners are Chiefs and Eagles fans so you know some things have happened to some of our other the other 30 teams that are in the NFL some things have been happening that's
1: facts that's facts man I wish something happened to uh, my head coach but you know it is what it is We move along keep on trucking but let's be happy for these teams that seem to got uh, new fresh faces in their building so list of notable hires here uh, for audio listeners, I'll go ahead and read it out for you. Uh, Sean Payton is the biggest one so far, for sure. Um, ended up getting traded from the Saints to the Broncos because he was technically under contract with the Saints. Uh, but he ends up going to the Broncos as he's the new head coach there to lead Russell Wilson, hopefully into stardom next year. But we'll see how that goes. Uh as, he, uh, as, he go, as I go down the list here, uh, D'Amico Ryans, uh, 49ers, defensive coordinator, highly touted, highly sought after for a lot of positions. Um, he, <coughs> excuse me, he ends up going to do the Texans, who he used to play for, actually, which I didn't know. Um, I saw J.J. Watt post a picture of him and D'Amico together. So I guess D'Amico wants to go there and reignite the fire that him and J.J. used to have there, which would be fun to watch. Uh, Frank Reich, Ended up going to the Panthers as their new head coach. This is one I did not see coming, to be honest with you. Like, I, I feel like Frank Reich was probably going to get an OC job somewhere, be a quarterback whisperer.
0: Yeah, like, I, I just didn't really see this coming at all. I, I, I just, Yeah, I thought the Panthers would make a bigger splash. I know um, Jaden and Mitch were both you know, on board with the Frank Reich hire and they really liked it. I know a lot of my friends that are Panthers fans that live in the Charlotte area or from the Charlotte area are not very happy with it. They're like, we're taking over a guy that did terrible, uh, you know, with, with his stint with the Colts. Now I will say he didn't really have a quarterback there, but he doesn't really have a quarterback in Carolina right now either. Maybe they go and get somebody in the draft, like your own Kentucky Wildcat, Mr. Will Levis. Maybe they go out and get CJ Stroud. Maybe they take a shot on AR fifteen, uh, Anthony Richardson. So maybe they do get their quarterback. But as of right now, you know Frank Reich is going into an eerily situ- similar situation that he had while he was in Indianapolis, which is playing musical chairs with your quarterback. Yep, for
1: sure. And we can't really give uh, all. Uh, we can't really say that Frank Reich is playing free for last year because he definitely had a lot of say in bringing Matt Ryan in. And you know, absolutely, he, had, he made decisions.
0: And Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm and Philip rivers because yep. this mean, is the guy
1: those were all his yeah, guys like, this is the guy who was the quarterback whisperer for Carson Wentz when he was
0: starting to turn into an MVP before he got injured so like it was assumed now I can't hate I, I can't hate on the guy too much because he is a former Maryland Terrapin shout out I Terps. did not know that but wow let's
1: go man oh yeah let's go oh, yeah
0: yeah and he actually led the largest comeback in NFL well second largest comeback up until this year shout-out Vikings, over the Colts, that Was is funny f- enough. Um, but he led the largest comeback before that uh, by 32 points against the Oilers when he was with the Bills. Wow,
1: that's crazy. You know who else is a uh, former Maryland Terrapin, or at least a coach? Bill O'Brien. He started his yeah. career as a running backs coach for Maryland, which I was looking into. When I was looking up all these names earlier. Yep, I forgot yeah, that he did. It's wild. Uh, But Terps connections all around the league, including former quarterback Frank Reich, who hopefully is... God, I just don't understand it at all. But let's move on. Uh, Kellen Moore, he ends up going to the Chargers as they hold on to Brandon Staley as their head coach. I have been very clear this entire time that Brandon Staley, I don't believe in him at all. Uh, This team should have already been in at least one Super Bowl. With Justin Herbert the level that he's playing at like I mean we had this team as a top three team going in the year and they didn't even make playoffs or they did and they lost to
0: the fucking yeah large one of the largest uh, up 27 nothing on the Jags and and blew that lead sorry about that Mitch but yeah I mean it's it's a lateral move for Kellen Moore and you know this is something that we talked about on the pod where guys need to start you know they have to take advantage of when the seat's hot. We see it in a political world where, when guys have the opportunity to become a, a top-tier presidential candidate, they run for office. They run for the presidency because they don't know if that opportunity is going to come again. That we've seen with Kellen Moore, Byron Leftwich is another one where it's like, if you don't take advantage of your chance and you screw up the next year, you might not have that co- coaching opportunity. So him making a lateral move, maybe he's looking at it as well. Maybe Staley's only got one more year, so I can just hop in there and be the coach. Maybe that's what he's thinking, or maybe it opens up something new for him. But, yeah, just a lateral move for Kellen Moore. I thought he was going to you know, seek a head coaching position. Yeah, for
1: sure. There was definitely some interest. I know that he interviewed for the Panthers um, at one point or another. They end up going with Frank Reich. Uh, but, obviously, it means really good things for the Chargers because that offense was absolutely stagnant. But, I mean, I would have rather had Kellen Moore as a head coach higher than stick with Brandon Staley as the head coach and bring Kellen Moore as the OC. But if you can have both in the building can't complain about that. But uh other coordinator hires that were uh of note, Vic Fangio, a former head coach for the Broncos for a while, a defensive mastermind. Uh he ends up going to the Dolphins on a 3-year deal. I believe it's the biggest coordinator contract in the NFL right now. Um but he's headed to the Dolphins to be their DC. And speaking of Dolphins coaches, former head coach Uh, Brian Flores, he's headed to your very own Vikings uh, as the D.C. What do you think about that, man?
0: Just keep the distractions in the past. That's that's my best way to put it. Um, He did pretty well for the Steelers this year. I thought that their defense was a lot better than what some people, a.k.a. you, might have thought uh, initially (laughs) going into the season. Um, But, you know, this is a defense that was – arguably the worst in football. Ed Donatel was absolute shit. It was just a terrible hire for the Vikings. So I don't think it can get much worse. Um, and I'm hoping he brings in a, a little bit of a new spark. You know, they've got guys like Harrison Smith and Eric Kendricks, you know, that are getting up there in age. Pat Peterson, um, even Zadarius Smith and Danielle Hunter. Dalvin Tomlinson is a free agent now. So there's going to be some pieces that you've got to replace and hold on to. But in my opinion, the secondary has got to get better, especially from the cornerback position. Excuse me. You drafted Andrew Booth. He did okay. He was serviceable. Cam Dancer got hurt. He was playing pretty well, but you're probably going to lose Pat Pete or Tomlinson and or Tomlinson. You know, you might use one or if not both of those and you get Lewis seam back, which is good. We'll see what happens. I'm not holding my breath. Um, You know, on this Vikings defense, this is a team that centered around the offense and I don't see it changing, but you know, if you can get to a top 20 defense, the Vikings could be making some noise next yeah, year, Yeah, for sure.
1: I mean, I've been a Brian Flores fan. If you get rid of all the distractions, like if you focus exclusively on his uh, ability to coach football, like he's a pretty fucking good head coach. I mean, he shouldn't have, uh, on paper, been fired in the first place from Miami. Um, but yeah, so he goes from being the linebackers coach for Pittsburgh to now being the DC for Minnesota. Maybe gets his head or his hat in the ring for another head coach job, like a year or two. Um, but we'll see. Uh, Nate Hackett, the guy who was uh, graciously fired by the Broncos, Uh, he ends up going to the Jets as their offensive coordinator, which I don't know what to make of it because Nate Hackett was so terrible this past season that I I don't know if I would have hired him as an OC even though he's coming off of a head coaching job. Like, I mean, it was just so downright terrible. But, you know, we'll see how that works out. And then Bill O'Brien... Finally, makes his way back to the NFL from coaching at Bama. Um, he's now the Patriots' offensive coordinator. So, besides who you've already talked about a little bit, um, who are you liking as the sneaky hire here? The best sneaky hire.
0: I don't know if I'd yeah, say it's a sneaky, sneaky hire, but the best hire out of this, the best hire out of this group, in my opinion, is D'Amico Ryan's. Um, they gave him a six-year deal, probably for a reason. This guy is legit. You saw how good the San Fran D is. Um, it's going to take a year, maybe two years. If you can get a quarterback, this team's got some promise. They've got some young pieces on the defensive side. You know they drafted Stingley, Petrie's there as well. Um, I think that if they can get another couple of pieces here and there, especially with the, you know the salary cap increasing, this is a team they they can win the division. They really can because the Colts are not great. You know they're I don't know what they're doing. The Titans. They already hit their peak. Have they already, you know, gone past where they were? they're always going to rely on Henry, but their quarterback situ- situation is, is, you know, something that I don't think is going to be very uh, formidable. The Jags, the Jags are obviously on the up and up, and, and I think that they're going to be the team that does win this division for the next couple of years. But I think the Texans, you know, two, three years down the road, we're, we could be talking about them as a playoff team, uh, maybe competing for the division I don't know if we'll see them compete, you know, for that AFC crown just because of how many good freaking teams are in the AFC and how many good quarterbacks there are. But yeah, I really like this D'Amico Ryan's hire, and I think he's a home run slam dunk hire, and he's going to turn this franchise around. Oh, yeah, around. for
1: sure. I put it wrong by saying sneaky. I mean, not a, not any of these hires are <laughs> sneaky, uh, but yeah, I definitely like D'Amico Ryan's a lot. I mean, he was probably the clear cut besides Sean Payton. He was the clear cut best head coaching candidate out there the most highly sought after um so yeah really solid start for the texans who hopefully bring in a quarterback in this draft to uh kind of propel this organization in the future um but (coughs) excuse me the guy i want to talk about a little bit i feel like this hire is being overlooked for sure is bill o'brien being brought in again as the patriots offensive coordinator um where he's been for the last two years he's been at bama um he's co i mean it's fucking alabama so their offense is never going to be too bad um but in 2022 they had the 11th most yards per game in the fbs in 2021 it was seventh yard most yards per game in fbs while leading bryce young to a heisman trophy so not too shabby for sure in college ball and if you look back at his head coaching tenure in houston it was not as bad as everybody wants to say it was like he was fired after a four game skid to start the 2020 season when he became the head coach and the gm and he made one of the worst trades of all time with david johnson and d hop uh but that's neither here nor there his gm ability i cannot speak to that but his coaching ability is another story he has only one losing season full losing season um, from the course between 2014 and 2020 as the head coach for the Texans. Uh, he went 4-12 and in 2017. Besides that, he had a winning season every single year. And he made the playoffs four out of six full seasons that he was the head coach for the Texans. And he's got some history with Belichick. Uh, he worked with the Pats offense from 2007 to 2011, where he eventually worked himself up as the OC in 2011. And they made the Super Bowl that year. The Pats did, and they had the second best regular season offense that year on a yards per game basis. So I'll just finish the sh- the thought off with his shittiness at GM with Houston overshadowed his coaching ability. Like he-, he was, he was probably one. He'll go down as one of the worst GMs of all time. The zero <laughs> four season that he had as GM. Uh, But his coaching ability is another thing to talk about. I think this is a great hire. I think he will be eventually another
0: head coach, um, or he will get another head coaching job uh, in the near future. Well, and I'm pretty sure sure it puts him back with Mac Jones, who he was his OC while at Bama. So you get that, you know, you rekindle that flame. Maybe it ends up doing something. I mean, as long as Belichick's there, they're going to be competing for a playoff spot every year. Unfortunately, they're in a division right now where the Bills and Dolphins look to be better at least on paper and the jets are coming along as well so it's a very very tough division that they're in yeah for sure
1: but with belichick at the helm anything can happen so we'll see how that shakes out in new england but yeah those are some of the notable hires that we've seen so far in the offseason uh but let's move on to a little bit more of offseason news before we sign off here and that is the Derek carr Uh, phenomenon that we're seeing right now so uh, Rumor had it. He was going to be traded from the Raiders, but he kind of basically refused that and because he does have a no trade clause in his contract um, so he's gonna end up being released which means that He's gonna be owed all of that money from the Raiders uh, Which will be interesting to watch that unfold. They might have to just backload until 2035 Um, but he is now basically a free agent. I mean, I don't know if anybody saw his comment um, on the first day of the Pro Bowl shenanigans where he had the AFC hat on and he didn't have a team on there. And that was a laughing point. And he was like, uh, I think it was Ryan Clark asked him, have you ever been this hot in Vegas? And he was like, well, I don't know. I'm probably going to be playing somewhere else. So. <laughs> and that, was, that went around the Twitterverse for a while. Um, but yeah, we'll see where Derek Carr ends up this past week. He met with the Saints after receiving approval from the Raiders. Um, What are we thinking as best fits for Derek Carr, man?
0: Seems like the Saints is the team right now um, that he's going to end up going to. And with their offensive line, if they can get Michael Thomas back, him and Chris Olave and Alvin Kamara, he's got the resources there, and their defense is really good. And if you're the Saints, this makes sense because you're in that win-nail mode, and this is a guy that will come right in and hopefully – propel you to that next level. The other thing, the division is shit. The Falcons are not good. The Bucks are in complete rebuild. And the Panthers, who knows what we're going to get out of them. So keeping all that in mind, you go that and you get a guy like Derek Carr, you're autom- you're, you're right away putting yourself in, the co- in the conversation to win this division. And then the NFC as a whole is just not great. I mean, the Eagles look great. The 49ers look great. After that, I mean, Dallas is there... But then it's like the Vikings and the Packers, and it, it, it's a total toss up at that point. You got to imagine the Rams will be better. We'll see what happens with Kyler and, and his recovery from surgery. But overall, you know, if they go out and they get Derek Carr, I think it sets them up really well. So I really like the fit with the Saints. The Jets make sense, but I don't know if the Jets, if they get him, if that's going to put them at the top of their division. I just don't think it does. The Colts I don't know what the Colts are doing. Redskins excuse me, Redskins, makes sense. It does make sense, but I think they're going to go with a younger quarterback. I think they're going to go with an AR-15, maybe see what Sam Howell's got. Um, I don't think that they're going to keep doing this, oh, we're going to get a veteran quarterback, carousel like the Colts are doing. We're just going to see how this is going to go every single year. Yeah, that's the reason why I don't think he ends up with the Colts or
1: the Skins, because they know how this whole rigmarole works out, especially the Colts. Like I mean, they've been doing this the past three years. They know how it's going. They've got to rock with a young quarterback in the draft this year. And as far as the commanders go, we seem to be pretty damn committed to Sam Howell. Like, Ron Rivera just had another interview the other day where he said Sam Howell is more than likely QB1. And with the world that we're in today, um, that's pretty much a guarantee that Sam Howell is going to be QB1 uh, to start the season. So, I like to see that. I like to see, like, we need to develop a quarterback. I mean, we haven't really tried to give it a shot at developing a quarterback since Dwayne Haskins, rest in peace. Um, so I really think we need to take another stab at developing a quarterback. And I think Sam Howell is going to be that guy. So I don't see us going, uh, repeating possibly the Carson Wentz experience and going after Derek Carr. I don't see us doing that. I do think Derek Carr is significantly better than Carson Wentz. Um, I've been an advocate for Derek Carr for a long time. And I'm not going to lie, I did look pretty snappy at the Pro Bowl, man. Like
0: <laughs> I, In that flag football game? Yeah, a lot to take dude, away from Dude, all, right, all right, all i
1: right. I'm a fan of the flag football. That's the only thing. You can scratch everything else. Like, Peyton was legitimately pissed after losing that game, and that made me, like, I, I was laughing. Like, he was, his whole entire face was red with the veins popping out. Like, and it was, it was com- it was as bad as competitive as flag football usually is, you know? Like, I I, I was weird. Yeah. I know you fucking hate it. Uh, but, yeah, so Derek Carr, I don't see it for the Commanders, don't see it for the Colts. But when it comes down to the Saints and Jets, uh, the Saints, I don't know why. I never really thought of them needing a quarterback before, but it seems like a perfect pit. Like, I, they've got Michael Thomas there. Well, I know they just lost Jarvis Landry, but they're going to bring somebody in to uh, help out with that. They got Olave. They got the offensive line. They're pretty much set to go with Derek Carr. Um, But I wouldn't – the Jets right now lead the odds, uh, according to Vegas, and I wouldn't be surprised at all uh, if he ends up with the Jets because the Jets have continually – They are a quarterback away. and they have continually tried to develop quarterbacks and have struck out and failed every single time. So, I think they might try to take a stab at a solidified starting quarterback in the NFL and get Derek Carr in there. After, so it'll be interesting to watch. Real
0: quick, last point: Um, Patrick Mahomes just won MVP. Dak Prescott won Walter Payton Man of the Year. Real quick, Patrick Mahomes: what he's done since becoming an NFL starter five years ago, two-time MVP, five AFC title games, which he's hosted all of them, three Super Bowl appearances. One Super Bowl MVP so far, three-time All-Pro, five Pro Bowls, two-time passing touchdowns leader, an NFL record, 5,614 total yards in a season. It's a Hall of Fame career already. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous what the guy's done, and if he gets this, it's just a cherry on top. Well, who won uh, Comeback Player of the Year? That was really the only one that was a toss-up. I'm not sure. I can check that really quickly.
1: Yeah, uh, to recap tonight... But- Garrett Wilson, offensive rookie of the year. Sauce Gardner, defensive rookie of the year, Nick Bosa, defensive player of the year, J Jeff, offensive player of the year. Um, Dayball One coach of the year. Uh, what am I missing? Geno
0: Smith, comeback player of the know. year. There it
1: is. Okay. It was that or Saquon or I mean
0: it really could have been.
1: Somebody there wrote me, back. Sir, that's what I'm talking about. I'm glad that Gino won it. Somebody finally I'm wrote glad back. That I've always been a Geno fan ever since West Virginia days, um, but for sure all right, man. Well, that just about does it for our Super Bowl preview episode and recapping some of the off season moves that have happened so far. uh, we hope that all of your parlays hit and you end up being a millionaire by Monday, especially if you bet on the waste
0: overtime
1: overtime, I'm telling you overtime is gonna happen all right, all right, yes, you heard it here first, overtime's gonna happen. Uh, take a look at our props that we made earlier in the episode. Throw it together for a nasty parlay. And uh, have yourself a nice Monday swimming in your cash. Um, but, yeah, we will catch you next week, um, probably for an episode, uh, recapping the Super Bowl. And our off- the offseason will really start to roll next week once the Super Bowl is concluded. So we'll have plenty to talk about. But until then, enjoy the Super Bowl. Catch you next week. Peace!